From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. So let's get into the word today. If you're excited, I'm excited about it. Just, you know what, send somebody a text message right now and say, I'm watching church, I'm excited. You know, even if you're in the room, you can open up your phone and just say, I'm excited about the message. I'm excited. We're hanging out in Mark, Mark chapter 6. And we're going to start halfway through the uh, verse um, 6. So Mark chapter 6, halfway through verse 6. And here it goes like this. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts, Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They went out. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Father, we just thank you that we can come and we can, we can be together even though we're in different places. I think about what Paul said often in the scriptures that he's with those churches in spirit. We're with one another in spirit. And we just pray that wherever we gather, Father God, we would have a sense of community. We have a sense of togetherness through your spirit. So Spirit of God, would you just connect us and unite us? We pray that you would open our ears to hear what you want us to hear, God. Help us to see through this text what you want us to see. And God, as we leave here and the seeds are planted in our hearts, we pray in the name of Jesus against the enemy who wants to steal those seeds. And we pray that you'd help us to apply what we should apply to live out what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ. God, this is all for your kingdom. It's all for your glory. We pray that you're blessed. We pray that you're glorified not only by the preaching and delivering of the word, God, but we pray that you're glorified by the reception of the word in the name of Jesus. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, and wherever you are, you said amen. Everybody in the room said amen, amen. So I have young kids, and there was a season of of our lives with these young kids where we would find paper airplanes everywhere in our house. I kid you not, they went through this fad where they loved to make paper airplanes. They loved to take any kind of piece of paper. It could be white paper. It could be lined paper, it could be scrap paper, it could be used paper, it could be colored paper, it could be construction paper, it could be any kind of paper that they would find, and they would fold it and make it into this intricate flying machine. Now, the goal of my kids was not just to build and and shape and fashion this, this airplane and then just admire it. Their goal was not just to to fold it and doesn't matter what kind of paper it was and and draw on it and color it. Their goal, their end game, the, the result of all of their hard work was to lift that thing and launch it into the air so that paper airplane could fulfill its design purpose and that was to fly. And you know what, you and me guys, you and me are fashioned the same way. 
When you were created, God whispered purpose over your life. He fashioned your DNA and your experiences in such a way that throughout your life you would meet him. And then you'd be changed by him. And you'd be transformed so that you can live out your intended purpose. You weren't designed to just remain a piece of paper. Used paper, ripped paper, construction paper, white paper, lined paper. You weren't designed just to remain a piece of paper, but you were meant to be folded and, and crafted and transformed into an intricate flying machine. And you weren't designed just to, just to stay shaped and then sit on a shelf to be admired and, and, and live out the rest of your days, but you were meant to be lifted and launched into your intended purpose. And here in this scripture, in Mark chapter 6, we read of, of 12 guys going out with authority, stepping into their purpose. And it all begins with this. It all begins with a commitment to go all in. That's what we just read. 12 guys who were all in, stepping out in authority into their purpose. You know, I really wrestled with this text this week. <clears throat> I wrestled as I was writing and, and preparing with with, with two different directions I felt we really could go. On the one hand, you have, you have this commissioning and you have this authority that Jesus is giving these disciples. And immediately that led me to ask the question, well, how do we step into and walk in that same authority? And I think a lot of times when we look at this text, we think about that. We think about the authority that, that Christ had given these disciples and how do we live out in that authority. And so I was, I was driven to that, but on the same hand, I was driven to this idea that here's these 12 guys that are, that are fulfilling and stepping into their God-given mission. Jesus had called them out of one lifestyle and, 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 and began to shape them, and they were learning, and here they are, 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 are stepping into the thing that he had called them to do. And so I wrestled with, well, how do, where do you want me to go? Where, how do I, which direction do I take? And then I kind of felt my spirit, well, what if they went hand in hand? Like, what if, what if stepping into my God-given mission and purpose in life was the same path to walking in the authority and power of Jesus Christ? What if, what if pursuing God's purpose and plan and walking in that mission was the same path that led me in the authority of Jesus Christ? And so that's where I feel like we got to go today. That I can walk in the authority that God's given me and also fulfill his mission. And how do we get there? Is this simple term, and you've probably heard it before, and we, we were talking about it as a, as a board this week, or this past week as we met. We go all in. It's this idea about being all in for Jesus. So by this time in Mark, Jesus had been teaching, and he'd been healing, and he'd been doing the miraculous, and he'd been uh, sharing this authority in his teaching over nature, healing, and even over life and death. And all the while that Jesus is doing this, there's a group of people that are following him. There's a group of people that are, that are, that are following after him, are watching and witnessing every step of the way. Now, now Jesus had a few different types of, of followers throughout his ministry. He had, first of all, he had fans. He had, he had people that would flock to watch him do what he do, did because he, couldn't, he could do what nobody else could do. They were enthusiastic admirers, right? They wanted to get close enough to Jesus that they could, they could reap all the benefits. They wanted to see what he could do, but not close enough that it would require any real sacrifice. Maybe they bowed their head when he prayed. Maybe they gathered for the church gathering, right? 
Maybe they even put a Jesus fish on the bumper of their horse and cart or whatever it is they drove or had in that time. You know, I remember years ago, um, about, about 10 years ago, I was traveling out west with a group um, and we would go into high schools and we'd do motivational presentations on purpose and value. And on our day off, we were walking the streets of Vancouver and we stumbled a- across a TV set. We were just walking down the street and we see this sign that says, you know, it's like a disclaimer, you are now on the set of a TV show and by reading this and being here, you you subscribe and acclaim to blah, 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 blah. And so we're on this TV sh- uh, set, and it turns out it was the TV set of the hit sci-fi thriller Fringe. I don't know if you remember that show, Fringe. And so we're on this set, and we're like, cool. And so we linger a little bit, and there's these three black cars that are lined up on the side of the street, and we start thinking, I wonder if there's like producers or directors or actors, because there's nobody around at this this point, but in those cars. And so as we kind of just stood there, there's probably about you know six or seven of us, eight of us, and all of a sudden, out of one of these cars jumps Joshua Jackson. You may know Joshua Jackson as Pacey from Dawson's Creek or as Charlie Conway from the Mighty Ducks. Well, he was a pretty, pretty big deal back in the day. Maybe now, I don't know. I have no idea. But on that day, we became fans of Joshua Jackson. This group of, of young adults became like little, you know, schoolgirls flocking to Joshua Jackson, desperate to get a picture with him. Like, we like ran right up to him. I don't know what happened. A, a, a switch flicked inside of us, and we became admirers. And you know, I'm pretty fast, and so I did what the rest of the group didn't do, and I made sure that I could get right in next to Joshua Jackson. So I didn't want to be on the edge of any picture. I wanted to be right in there so I could put my arm around him, and we became best buddies for like one minute. I got a picture of it. I didn't bring it with me, but I got a picture of it somewhere. It's, it's, it really happened. We became fans. There were, there were fans of Jesus. There were people that wanted to get near Jesus. They wanted to be near his miracles, but they wanted to get close enough, but not close enough that it required any sort of sacrifice. Jesus also had unnamed followers. There was a group of people who followed after Jesus, who wanted to learn from Jesus, who wanted to do as Jesus did, and they were called followers. They were called disciples. And this unnamed group elsewhere are actually called the 72 disciples. And this story that we read in Mark chapter 6, Jesus sends out the 12, but at a later time, he actually sends out 72 disciples in the same manner. We have 72 disciples, but then there are these 12 disciples. The 12 disciples are like the 72, or the 72 are like the 12, and that they were people who wanted to follow after Jesus and learn from Jesus and do as he did, but the 12 were specifically named in the Gospels. They were guys who had been specifically named and called out by Jesus to come and follow him. They would uh, later become the apostles of the early church. And the difference between these 12 disciples and the 72 disciples and the fans is that they devoted their lives to his teaching. The difference between a disciple and a fan is they devoted their lives. Like they left their livelihood. They left their family. They left their job. They left everything they knew to follow after Jesus. They're like true Toronto Maple Leaf fans. Doesn't matter what happens, we're with them through and through. You know, in the first century world, the, the first century Middle Eastern world, it was, it, was, it was a really dusty area. And as a rabbi would walk um, ahead, the students would follow right behind. And the followers, the disciples would follow so close to the rabbi that literally their, their, their clothing was covered in the dust kicked up by the rabbi. They, they, they wanted to be close enough. They put in the sacrifice. They put in the time. 
You know, a, a century ago, there was a, a group of brave souls known as one-way missionaries. One-way missionaries. And what they would do is they, would, they, would, they, would, they were sold out to the calling, to the mission of Jesus. And so they would pack everything they knew. They would say goodbye. And they would set sail on a one-way trip to the mission field. They didn't buy two-way tickets because they knew they weren't returning home. And here's what you need to catch. Get this. They didn't pack their stuff in suitcases. They would pack their belongings in coffins. Because they knew that when they went to do the mission of God, they weren't returning. And so they would set sail, they'd say goodbye to everything they knew and everyone they loved because they knew they weren't returning home. And so with their belongings packed in these coffins, they went off mission. One of the guys as a one-way missionary was A.W. Millen. A.W. Millen um, set sail for a small island off the South Pacific Ocean, knowing very well that every missionary that set sail for this small island was martyred by the headhunters on this island. But it didn't stop him because he was all in, because he was sold out, because he had given his life to follow after Jesus. He had packed his coffin. And so he set sail, he arrived, and it says that 35 years later, 35 years later, he lived among the tribe and they loved him. And when he died, they buried him in the center of the village with these words inscribed on his tombstone that said, when he arrived, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. Because somebody packed their coffin, because somebody was all in, there are people who are in eternity today. He packed his coffin. At some point, you need to make the decision if you're going to remain a fan of Jesus or you're going to become a follower of Jesus. At some point, you need to decide, am I a fan? Do I like to get close enough to Jesus that I reap all the benefits but not close enough for the sacrifice? Or am I a disciple? Am I all in? Am I going in as far as I can go? Am I going to sacrifice whatever needs, needs to be sacrificed for the calling of God on my life? And can I just say that if you haven't yet made the decision, you've already made the decision, you're a fan. Because you remain a fan until you decide to become a follower. It's not a fence, am I this or that? It's I'm a fan until I decide to go all in as a follower. Because if I'm truly in this, then I commit my life to it. It becomes my everything because following Jesus is an all or nothing thing. Following Jesus is an all or nothing commitment. This is what Paul the Apostle did and he said this in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. He says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul recognized that it was an all or nothing commitment. Paul got it. He said, the life I live now, I live for Christ. I'm dead. I'm no longer living. It is Christ who lives in me. Why is following Jesus an all or nothing thing? Because that's Jesus. Jesus was all in. Like Jesus came and he lived to the Father's agenda. If you remember the time before he was crucified, he was in this, in this garden, and he was praying with the Father that the will, the cup of the Father would pass from him. He's like, if, if there's any other way, but not my will, your will, because I live for your agenda. Jesus lived for the Father's agenda, and he sacrificed his life for all mankind. He was all in. That means... If we're all in, we live the life that Jesus kind of lived, 
We give up our life for him to follow his way, to do as he did. That means all of us for all of him. Your life, your job, your time, your talent, your money, your family, your kids, your future. It's all for him. Can I just suggest to you two things? Going all in is the path to true fulfillment in life. Going all in for Jesus is the path for true fulfillment in life. At any time in my life that I've felt like there's been a, a, I don't feel fulfilled, it's probably because I'm, I'm not truly all in for God. It's the path to true fulfillment. But also, what enabled these disciples in Mark chapter 6 to go out with authority that Jesus gave is that they'd immerse themselves in an all or nothing lifestyle. You know, sometimes we're like, man, I wanna, I wanna get there. How do I walk in that authority? And so we try to follow the 12-step program. You know, pray this way, go to that thing, do this thing, come to the altar. But what, what, what did these disciples do? You don't read about any formula or any prayer they prayed. They, just, they were just obedient to what, what Christ had asked them to do. And why were they obedient? Because they were all in. They'd given their life. They just spent years with this guy. What enables them to go out with authority that Jesus had give, given them and to walk in it, to see miracles, is because their entire way of life surrounded being all in for the person of Jesus. What is the key to walking in authority? It's immersing yourself in a life that follows after him. You want to walk in the power of God, then follow after Jesus, immersing your entire life. Not just part of it, not just Sundays, not just when you're on weekends, or maybe not just when you're at, you know, at home, but all your life. When you're at work, when you're at the gym, when you're at, at doing groceries, when, when you're doing your banking, every part of your life, all part of your talents, your abilities, who you are, what shapes you, belongs to him. These disciples literally left everything when Jesus called. It says, come follow me. The Bible says that they got out of their boats. They're in the middle of work. They got out and they followed after him. And they did what he did. They ate where he ate. They slept where he slept. Why did they walk in authority? Because they were immersed in a life that followed him. How do I walk in the power of God that's set before me that the scriptures speak about? As a vessel of the Holy Spirit. Not only am I obedient to the one who has the authority, but I immerse myself in a life that follows him. So why do I lack authority? Maybe that tells something about what my life is truly following. Why do I not have the power of God? So Jesus had been performing these miracles, healings, teaching with authority. All the while, these pupils, these students, these disciples are witnessing every single event encountering every moment, following after him. And then we read about in Mark chapter 6, it's their turn. It's their turn. He calls them in, and he begins to send them out in groups of two. You know, here's the thing about following Jesus, though. He invites you to come and follow and learn from him, but then eventually he sends you out. It's a two-part process Really simple, really easy. Come and follow and then go. Come and follow, learn and grow and then go. Come and follow, learn, grow, be transformed and then go. You know, for those of us in, inside the church though, you're a Christian, I'm talking to you, you're, you've been in the church for a while, I'm talking to you. You know, sometimes we have unrealistic expectations on those that are outside of the church. 
Sometimes we put expectations on them that they got to fit a certain mold before they can be part of the, of the, of the belonging. But that's not the, the model that Jesus presented. When he called these disciples, you got people like Matthew, who's a tax collector, who cheats and lies. And he doesn't say, hey, stop cheating, stop lying, then come follow me. No, he says, come and follow. Come and follow. Hey, learn and grow. Come and follow. You're a liar? Come and follow. You're a cheat? Come and follow. You like to steal? Come and follow. You're crooked? Come and follow. Let me put it this way. You're sleeping around? Come and follow. You're lost? Broken? Come and follow. You're success-driven and greedy? Selfish? Come and follow. That's the call of Jesus. It doesn't matter where you are, who you are. You got no purpose? Come and follow. Come and follow, learn and grow. You don't need to act or look or feel a certain way before you can learn and grow and be loved. That's the call of Jesus. Come and follow me and I will make you disciples because then what happens is when we're truly following, when we're truly all in, we begin to be shaped and changed and transformed and molded into the likeness of Jesus. We become more like Jesus so that he can send us out. The problem is with too many of us in the church is we come and follow, and we like come and following. We like sitting at the feet of Jesus, and there's nothing wrong with sitting at the feet of Jesus until we've been doing it forever in a day. Because we come and follow, and then we like to come and follow some more, and then we linger too long. You ever have a guest that lingers too long in a house? They don't get the cue to go. They haven't figured, you're, you're like, you're yawning, you're checking your watch, you're saying, man, I gotta work in the morning. Oh, it's early day tomorrow, and they're just not getting it. They're just lingering. That's what we do in church. Jesus is like, go, it's time to go. It's time to go with authority. Here's the authority. Here's the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit. Here he is. Go with authority. You know, here's what you need to do. And we're like, yeah, that's great news. And we don't actually go. We linger. We hang out. You know, being a follower of Jesus is not a spectator sport. It's not a spectator sport. We like to watch sports, right? We like to watch the NBA playoffs. Love it. Football season's starting. I don't really follow football. But you may love it. I love to watch it. But we're not created in purpose to sit back and watch Jesus do his thing. We're called to follow along and then go and do the same. If you've been hanging out in this part of the process for too long, you're no longer a follower, you're a fan. If you've been hanging out in the part of the process of the come and follow for too long, if you're new and you're new to this journey, hey, follow along, learn. That's what Jesus did. He spent three years with this. But if you've been spending 30 years doing this, I'm not the judge. But maybe we've missed the memo to go. So these disciples have been following, following him and he sends them out in teams together and, and, and he gives them authority. And I believe that this authority that Jesus gave to these 12 disciples is not strictly just for these 12 disciples, but I think it's for any person who would become a disciple of Jesus. It gives them authority, authority to share and to cast out, out demons. You know, if we go back and mark, we see that, that people began to recognize that Jesus was different from all the other rabbis. Why? Because he taught with authority. Keyword being author, author. He taught as if he was the author of it all. He taught as, he, as if he was the author of life. And he bestowed that on the disciples, that authority. So when they began to share, they began to share as representatives of that author on that mission. You know, it's a similar commission that Jesus gave when he, when he, before he ascended into heaven. 
called all disciples in Matthew 28, verse 18. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What's he do? He sends it to them. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to follow after me. That's what he does. He bestows and gives and sends with authority. Come, follow me, but then go. Go with the authority. Go with the authority. Go make more disciples. Share, change. Church, we're called to that. That's our calling. That's our purpose. That's why the churches exist today. We do not exist just to watch service online. We do not exist just to sit in a service. This gathering is for the purpose of building up so that we can go on the mission of God. So that we can go with authority. So that we can share Jesus. So that we can share the gospel. So that we can find fulfillment and find purpose in doing what we were designed and crafted to do. Did you know that you were designed and crafted to serve God? All your talents, all your abilities, your makeup, your shape, that's all in there. He put it in. He's the one that that concocted your your makeup. He's the one that placed your DNA a certain way. He's the one that took a little piece from your grandma and your grandpa and your your great uncle that you don't know anything about in this part, and he fashioned it a way to make you so that you could serve him and go on mission. That's your purpose, to live out how you are designed for him. Yes, we have to work. Yes, we have to live in a, in a society, in a culture where commodity is money and we have to make money in order to eat food. I get all that. That's part and parcel of it all. But we live, as Paul says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And so the life I live now, I live to him. I work to what end? So I can serve him. I, I, I spend time socializing for what end? To serve him. Everything, all of me is for him. If he calls me to go, I go. That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Come, follow, come, follow. That's our mission, right? We want people to come. We want them to come and follow. We want them to learn about Jesus, learn about his love, learn about his calling. But then don't stay there. Learn, grow, be shaped, be molded, be transformed, and then go and fulfill your purpose. So these disciples, they're being sent out claiming repentance, casting it on clean spirits, right? They're praying over people and they're healed. And for what end? It's to spread the message of Jesus. Because there's sin in the world. Man, and Jesus came to die for all sin on a cross so that we could have salvation and we could spend eternity with him. Now here's what's interesting is Jesus gives them very peculiar instructions as he sends them out. Really specific, but very peculiar. It says, take no bread, no bag, no money. You know, wear sandals, because bare feet, that's just, that's just weird. Don't wear bare feet. <laughs> but don't bring an extra shirt. Why does he give them these very strange instructions to travel light? You know, when we, when we were uh, in a church out in the Barrie area, um, part of my role was to oversee the missions. And so I'd take a lot of people on missions trips. Me and Jody would take people on missions trips and we'd, we'd require that the team would pack light. They would have to pack all their personal belongings for that time period, if it was a week or 10 days or whatever, in their backpacks. And then we would take their luggage that was you know, allotted to them for the plane ride and we'd fill it with supplies for you know, whatever mission we we're doing or for the local missionaries or just to give out. We'd fill all those luggages with supplies. And there was one girl on, that came on almost every trip and I kid you not, she would pack everything she needed for a week. Everything she needed for a week, clothes, dresses, all sorts of stuff in a tiny medium-sized bag, 
Like she put us all to shame. We look, it's kind of like, maybe it was smaller than that. It was like one of those like string small ones that would just be in the center of their backpack. And we're like, how do you get everything in there? And, and you, you wouldn't notice anything different about her. It's not like she wore the same clothes every day or anything like that. You wouldn't notice anything different. She traveled light. But there was purpose to why we told them this. There was a reason we wanted them to travel light. It's because we needed the luggage, we needed the space in the bag so that we could bring supplies to the local missionaries or supplies to the mission. There's a reason Jesus told the disciples to travel light. And that was because he wanted them to learn two things. One, there was a sense of urgency to the mission and they needed to depend on God for their provision. There was a sense of urgency. He's basically saying, listen, you have salvation. You've received it. You believe you're good to go. They don't have it yet. So don't worry about what you're going to eat. Go, go, go. There's a sense of urgency that the kingdom of God is at hand, that Christ could return at any time. We need to go. So don't worry about your life, in other words. Depend on God. Be urgent because there's people who don't know Jesus and are going to spend eternity without Jesus. They need salvation. So depend on God while you go. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, the Bible says. But trust in God for the provision. And so what did they do? They went. They're like, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? And can we have some dinner? Because I'm a little hungry. But let me tell you about Jesus while we go there. They went. There was a sense of urgency. He wanted them to know that this was a matter of life and death, of heaven and hell, of eternal destination. And so as they went on mission, they began to trust in God for provision. You know, sometimes we focus so much on financial security that we lose sight of the mission of God. Especially in a season like COVID, many people are suffering and lost jobs. I get that. But we focus so much. We, you know, we, as a culture and a society, we really feel financially insecure. Really. And so we work and we work and we work and we work so we can feel what? Secure. Our security rests in our bank account instead of being secure in the God who created all things. But when we're our pursuit of security, I get that. That's not all wrong. But when our, our pursuit of security replaces our dependency on God, then we veer off mission and we begin to live life for ourselves and not for Jesus. Ask yourself, who am I serving right now? My lifestyle or my God? What am I more focused on financial security or having security in him so Jesus sends them he says go no bag no bread no money go because there is an urgency and trust in God to provide I'm not saying don't work he's not saying don't be lazy he's not saying that but he's saying don't trust in financial security in yourself but depend on the Lord to provide because if God calls you to something, I remember as a youth pastor, we used to say this. I remember my youth pastor saying this. God doesn't order pizza and expect you to pay. If he's going to call you to it, he's going to see you through it. If he's going to call you to live a life on mission for him, then he's going to provide you with the provision to live out that mission. He further tells them, he says, Anyone does not welcome them just to leave that place and shake the dust off their feet. You know, so Jews in the first century time, they would often dust um, 
the heathen places off their feet. They would dust the dirt of heathen places off their feet as a sign of rejection of those places. So they'd enter a town or a place, and as they left it, they would kind of kick off the physical dust because they believed those places to be heathen. In a similar way, Jesus is telling the disciples, dust the dirt off your feet, and that would let them know that if they go into a place or a town and those people reject the message, it's not on them. The dust is not on them, right? It's on the people. In other words, your role is to go. Your role is not to transform. Your role, your purpose is to go and share, not to transform the heart. See, sometimes we think we're the Holy Spirit. We think it's our job to change somebody. We think it's our job to change a heart. That's not our job. We think it's our role to say things in such a way that someone commits their life to Jesus. No, our purpose is to share the message of Jesus, to speak to somebody, to invite somebody, to go, to live for God, and let him do the work through us. And so he says, dust the dirt off your feet. If they reject, dust the dirt off and keep going, keep going, keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop at the person that rejects you because there's another town, there's another person that needs to hear it. Keep going, keep going. Dust the dirt off and keep going. Dust the dirt off and keep going. So these, these, these disciples, they go with the authority in Jesus' name. They immerse themselves in a life of following Jesus. They did all as he calls them to do. And what is the result? They go and they preach. And they cast out demons. And they heal the sick. The result of obedience to authority is released authority. You want the secret formula? There it is. How do I walk in the authority? Be obedient to the authority. And then the authority will be released through you. So they walk in the authority, not only because they've immersed themselves in a life that follows Jesus, but they act in obedience to his sending. My life is for him. I've, see, a lot of us, we immerse ourselves in the church culture. We get very involved in church ministry, but then we actually don't do the things that God calls us to do outside the church. That's the come and follow, go, go thing again. But these disciples, they'd immerse themselves in a life that followed Jesus. They're learning, they're studying, they're growing. And then when he sends them out, they go. Some of you felt the nudge to go, to serve, to help, to use your gifts and talents, to, to use your money, and you have not acted in obedience. You have not had the authority of God being released through you because of obedience. So they did that. They acted in obedience and, and they, they saw the, the authority being released and it didn't end there. But he calls them before he ascends into heaven, the great commission to go and make more disciples of all nations. And what is the result? People get saved. People get changed. We have a record of it in the book of Acts, the early church people being transformed, building the kingdom. The entire, most of the New Testament is formed because of letters that were written to different churches. Different churches. Why? Because people went. People went and shared the good news and people got saved and so they had to form churches. And so a lot of what we read about is letters written to different groups of people who have been changed and transformed that exist because somebody went. You know, we, uh, we are uh, what we call an ARC partner church. ARC, is one, ARC Canada is one of our, our um, mission partners. ARC is Association of Related Churches. So basically, it's a, it's a group of churches that associate together with the purpose of, of, of equipping and, and starting new churches. And so the, they exist to equip the local church, but then also start new churches. You know, in Canada, during COVID, through ARC, because of your partnership and your generosity, ARC's been able to plant or is going to be planting three churches this fall. In the middle of COVID, three churches across Canada because of your generosity. 
People going. People going because they feel the call of God and they're being sent. So what? So people can get saved. So people can get saved. Letters written to groups of people. Churches that exist. Three churches that are getting started. Why will we not let COVID stop us? Even if we have to gather differently? Because we're on a mission to go. And we're going to go with all the authority that Christ has given us. Because we're not just coming and following and lingering. We're going. We're immersing ourselves in a life that follows after Jesus. So we're going. You know, here's what I want for you. I want your life to have purpose and meaning. And I think even the people in this room, I think we want that. I think we want a life that is filled with purpose and meaning. I think you want that. I want you to, to find fulfillment when you look back on all your life that you did what you're supposed to do. I want you at the end of your life to look back and feel blessed, feel like you did what you were designed to do. I also want you to live a life with power and authority that is available in Jesus' name. I want you to live a life that exercises the God-given authority that, that Christ has given you. I want you to share the gospel with boldness and see lives changed around you, to utilize the gifts of the Spirit through your life. You know, as I reflect on this passage and these disciples in Mark chapter 6, I see these two things go hand in hand because, because these groups of people were all in. They were all in. I no longer live, but the life I live, I live to Christ. Jesus, you have my job, you have my family, you have my life, you have my everything. And then if we live that, we begin to live life with purpose, meaning, and authority. So I want to pray for two groups of people today. Maybe you're with us today and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never committed your life to Jesus. You've never said that I, I need forgiveness for my sin and I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. You know, maybe you think you have. Maybe you're a fan. You've never really committed to being a follower of Jesus. Today's your day. Today is your day to follow after Jesus. And it's simple as number one, putting a little, <laughs> this is strange, but in the comment section, if you're watching or not, just put your hand up, put a little emoji hand. It's a little wavy one, I think it looks like this with a little something around it, something. Say, that's me. And that's the public declaration that says, hey, I wanna follow after Jesus. But more importantly, it's believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And we're gonna pray together. So if that's you today, you're like, listen, I've never given my life to Jesus and I wanna give my life to Jesus. I wanna receive forgiveness for my sins. Or if you're like, I've never really given my life to Jesus. We're gonna to pray together. I just want you to repeat a simple prayer after me. And we're all in this room, we're gonna bow our heads. And if you're listening, tuning in today, would you bow your heads and would everybody repeat this after me? Let's bow our heads together. We say, Jesus, I need you. And I give my life to you. Forgive my sin Come into my life and help me to live for you. I make you Lord and Savior from this day on. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer, it doesn't end there. That's really just the beginning of the life that you follow now. You see, if, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, things are gonna change from now on. If you prayed that prayer and you didn't mean it, things won't change. 
But in order, for th- in order for you to walk out and act out that faith, you've got a few next steps. Here's your first one is grab a Bible and begin to read it. It's the come and follow. It's the study. Begin to read it. If you don't have a Bible, let us know. Send us a message right now, and we will get you a physical Bible. You can just probably open up your phone or a device and download the YouVersion Bible app. It's free. It's easy. It's available. It's good. There's lots of plans on it. But open up a Bible and begin to read it. I'm going to encourage you to read the book of John. In the Gospels, in the New Testament, it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Start in the book of John and read about Jesus, read about his life. And that's how you're going to start. That's step one. Step two is join a life group. Get in community. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. There's, there's something about growing as, dis, as a disciple of Jesus when we're with other disciples. And so for you, if you're new to faith and this is brand new for you, starting point is your group. This Wednesday, 7 p.m., sign up online and learn about the starting point of your faith. The second group of people that I want to pray for is maybe you're here today and you've never really been all in. Maybe you're in this room. Maybe you're in the tech booth. Maybe you're on the worship team. Maybe you're listening and you've never really been all in, all encompassing every aspect of your life. Today's your day. Today's your day to go all in. So here's what you need to do, even if you're in the room. Go online, go in the comment section and say, I'm all in. I'm all in. And we're going to pray. I want you to pray with me. So would you bow your head, everyone in this room? Let's bow our heads and let's pray again. Let's pray together to go all in. It's simple as this. Repeat this after me. Jesus, today I go all in. All of me for all of you. Today, I live for you and you alone. Help me to sacrifice myself to live for you. And I commit to do this all my days. Send me in Jesus' name. Amen. Now here's your next steps even if you're in this room, all in. Number one, and nobody likes this one, start tithing. Because you're not really all in until you're all in with your money. Start tithing. Bible teaches us about 10%. I take the first 10% and I give it back to the storehouse. Start tithing. Secondly, start serving. Start serving. Get involved in the dream team. We need people in the tech that we need to train so that, so that it's not just a small group of people. We, we can make room on the worship team. We're going to need host team, people to serve and host as we start bringing people back in. We need people. We don't have kids ministry really happening right now. So, so, you know, those people there, you can serve elsewhere. Start serving. Get involved. And, and don't just say, yeah, I need to, and then don't do anything about it. Go to weareparkway.com. Message us. Message me. You know, message somebody and say, hey, I want to get involved. And number three is start sharing. You can invite somebody to church, and that's super easy now. They don't even have to enter a building. You just share it on your Facebook. Send it in a message. Text somebody. Say, hey, I'm watching this right now. You want to watch it with me? Or just start talking about Jesus when you go to work or when you're interacting with people. Share the message of Jesus. That's what it means to be all in. It's to come and follow and no longer just be a fan, but now be a follower, a disciple, someone who learns about Jesus, follows after Jesus, and then go and do what he did. Live it out. So let me bring you back to that paper airplane. That paper airplane 
It's taken as a piece of paper. It's folded. It's crafted. It's shaped into such a way that it's lifted up and it's launched to fulfill its purpose. Being all in is being launched to fulfill your purpose. So that's what I have for you today. Let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness, God. We thank you for your love that you devote yourself to us. In turn, Lord, help us to live lives that are devoted to you, to go in all in for you, to follow after the pattern of these disciples who immerse themselves in a life that followed you, to learn and grow in such a way that they could be launched with authority in the name of Jesus. And so today, from this moment on, God, we go all in. We go all in. Parkway is all in for you. Parkway is all in for you. God, lead us and guide us and shape us and launch us in the name of Jesus. We love you, God, and we honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, we are parkway.com slash next steps for you. Sign up for the outdoor service. Write the link right on our website. May God bless you. May he keep you and protect you. And may his, sh his face shine upon you. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.